0: Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Bad Music Hurts podcast, a show dedicated to celebrating and discussing our favorite records when we feel up to it. Because today we're going to be talking about our coming of age singles from our formative teenage years. These are the songs that we maybe put on when we were in a uh, brooding mood, or maybe when we felt like parting. It could be basically anything. Um, it's sure to be a fun adventure. Um, back to help us with this, uh, live from the sweltering Cali heat, it's Amy Granaccio. Hey, Amy, welcome back.
1: Hi, guys. Happy to be back. Yeah, we we had a very eventful two months there. Um, I had a baby, Ellen, (laughs) and so we've been really enjoying being parents. And then also, um, we moved our family across the country when she was eight weeks old. So that was another um, huge shock (laughs) and big adjustment. But luckily, you know, I, we had lots of help and, um, just now reaching a point where i feel like um we're retain or er, regaining a little bit of normalcy which is good so yeah i i did listen to your episode um your episode five though well done guys it was um mm-hmm. i appreciated the shout out <laughs> <laughs> yeah and how how are you guys how what's been going on
2: not that much i mean yeah we recorded a podcast with amy 2.0 um and me I'm still getting settled new job, you know, playing volleyball on weekends doing doing that, and um yeah just just uh settling into a routine and finally finding that routine, which is nice to have,
1: oh well, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I feel like that's the hardest part for me i'm very very task oriented, so whenever things are just like in a period of change and there's really no normal, I get all out of whack. So yeah. now that we're settled and I'm like, oh, you know, I run on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. Like I find great comfort in that routine. So I oh, I totally I agree. totally get you.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been mostly editing said episodes. <laughs> that's what I've been working <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, so for the topic at hand, um, coming of age singles, um, since that's a pretty broad topic um basically the only criteria was uh it had to be songs that were from our teenage years so 13 through 19 um artists could be repeated but they must be from different albums those are the only hard set rules um and i'm sure everyone had their own specific approaches to this so amy i actually kind of want to start with you what was your approach for choosing your singles
1: yeah, so when I when I heard like coming of age and things I listened to when I teen when I was a teenager, I couldn't help but think of, of the mixtape. And um for our listeners, I'm I'm about seven years older than Michael, who's the youngest, and four years older than Mark, who's the middle child. So I'm just interested, I mean, when I say mixtape, I mean, what do you guys think of?
0: A cassette playlist? <laughs>
1: Okay. So a playlist or a cassette. Yes. I, I would put money on the fact that if I said that word to someone, you know, in their early thirties, they'd be like, well, yeah, that's, um, it's a love letter to to your crush. It is like the ultimate form of, of courtship, um, from, you know, 1980s and nineties. Um, and you would literally at the point of the mixtape is you would make it for someone, not yourself. it wasn't it wasn't a playlist. It wasn't something a collection you made on your iTunes or your Spotify. I mean, you burn these songs to a tape or a CD, and um it was a gift. <laughs> and so that that was really the lens that I viewed this assignment through. I mean, I, I mean, I was thinking, of making a mixtape for someone and that the whole purpose of that mixtape like I said courtship and this, I guess kind of seduction <laughs> but you wanted to pick songs so that whoever was on the receiving end of your mixtape um, knew who you were you know and it was you didn't want to put like guilty pleasures on there because you didn't want to be embarrassed if they thought like oh why did they have you know I don't know Destiny's Child on there. Um, <laughs> uh, and so you wanted to come off cool and you wanted to come off deep and you wanted the lyrics to be what you were afraid to say to that person, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, y- you hoped they'd really like give your song selections a, a deep lesson. So that's kind of what I took it as is like, what would I have put on a mixtape? that teenage me would have handed to someone else.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting, because, I mean, like, when Mark and I... I mean, I don't think... I mean, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but I never recalled anyone making really a mixtape for anyone. No. Like, in high school. No. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least for me, it was primarily, like, you would have a group of friends in a car, and it could be your boyfriend girlfriend or whatever or a group of friends and it would be more like an auxiliary chord and that would get like passed around almost and people would kind of play songs and that was almost kind of that way of like if it was you and a significant other they would be playing kind of doing the mixtape thing but the difference being it was through not like a tape or cassette or cd it was all through auxiliary port or it would be like oh you have like your teammates in a car and everyone's passing around the auxiliary cord to kind of get each other pumped up for um like a meet or a game or something like that so i guess that was more my experience with i guess as close as i can think of to mixtape um but yeah it was definitely different when i was growing up so then michael what rules did you do is for uh your singles selection so Um, to avoid being boring, I didn't follow along the landmarks of, like, songs that, that, uh, helped me develop my music taste, because uh, if I did that, it would just be parts one through four of Broken Bride, and that would be no fun, um, (laughs) and so, um, instead, I, I'm kind of following around the route of just, I did pretty simple interpretation of this prompt of Coming coming of Age, I just interpreted it, it as, songs that were obviously from the 1319 age and I like my iTunes is still all consolidated so what I did is I went down the recently added and I still have from like iTunes inception onward and it it is, it is a bit embarrassing but I I it was <laughs> able to see kind of evolution of my library and I like compared that and cross checked it with my like songs um, view and you can see play count. And I was also going off memory and I was like, well, I remember just like listening, loving this song and listening to it a ton. And it was all verified by like the, the play count. And that just accounts for being plays on like a laptop or the iTunes library. Um, so I kind of went that route. I went just Pat like songs that I just played all the time. And I either have good memories of, or just still can remember the lyrics like the back of my hand. Um, so, I kind of went that route. I still love all these songs, so they're by no means, I've no by no means grown out of them, uh, but they're songs that I listened the snot out of when I was little, uh, like 13, 19, so that, that's kind of the, the path I went on.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that, because I, I took a different approach, as I explained, but I, I realized that I still listen to all the songs on mine as well, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, none of them were embarrassing which i think you know kind of was the point of the mixtape is you couldn't embarrass yourself <laughs> yeah um but and you couldn't you couldn't like explicitly tell someone or include songs with lyrics about like having a crush or loving someone like that mm, was a big unspoken. yeah that was a big unspoken role too you had to be really subtle and you had to kind of like yeah it, it was it was tough to select songs um <laughs> <laughs> you wanted songs but yeah that they they explained about you and who you were, and they also hinted at the fact that you were, like, really into this person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I still – yeah, I still listen to all mine as well. Nice. I like them a lot. Nice.
0: Hmm. Also, I guess I, I'm a little bit different from both of you then. Um, I – as mentioned before, I, I never made a mixtape for anybody. Neither did I ever get one from somebody else. Uh, so <laughs> it just wasn't something uh, people in my my uh, age group uh, in our time did. Um so instead, what I did is I went back into my uh, formative years, and by that I mean into the iTunes library that I had siphoned off when <laughs> when I went off to college. <laughs> I literally copied my iTunes library somewhere else on disk, and I'm like, this is where this is going to stay forever. And I, I started anew, started anew with brand new things that I was actually listening to at the time, and I hadn't looked back until today. So looking back at this this old library that's basically a time capsule i haven't looked at it in years um i found a a lot of trash (laughs) a lot of it but then also (laughs) funnily enough a lot of songs that i'm looking back on i'm like well dang this actually uh helped sort of pave the road for me to where i am right now like oh i can kind of see where this led to this or um i can see like the my liking of this song being taken to its ne- next logical step or the logical conclusion in my library with these artists right now. So what I did is, since I never really was part of the mixtape culture, and um, I also sort of missed the boat a bit on passing the auxiliary cord, cord around with Michael, because I guess at, at, my, at that time there wasn't as much... Uh, auxiliary ports in cars so that wasn't as common a thing for people to do. Uh, at least it didn't happen as often for me, so I kind of fell in this weird in-between, so I kept it more personal, and uh, I just chose songs that I thought were sort of stepping stones for my music taste in at least some way, and um uh, unlike Amy as as I mentioned before this is kind of this was a siphoned off library there's only one song on here that even still exists in my current uh music library <laughs> the others are, the all of them are just like left to the wind so uh very much of a time but um uh, let it be clear these are not bad songs i like these songs um some of them are better than others but there are ones that uh i had a blast sort of walking back through and Imagining myself as the you know fifteen year old listening to them, so I'm looking forward to walking through them.
2: Nice, nice. So, I think I speak. Maybe I know we had kind of discussed about this offline, but this was really difficult, at least for me to do. Yeah. Um, I had on a text edit file. Um, what's here? One, two, three, four five drafts i went through to, to get wow. where i am um mm-hmm. so this was kind of tough cuz i was it, it was tough to be like look, try to relive through the eyes and ears of teenage you that was actually a pretty pretty difficult task but um it was a fun one it was definitely a fun one
1: i had similar troubles just because it's it's hard to remember I mean, maybe I'm just ancient, but it's hard to remember what I was like back then and what I was listening to. And so, yeah, I I agree, Michael. I struggled as well. And I'm not as meticulous as Mark where I didn't save a copy of my iTunes library. I'm pretty sure I just trashed the whole thing and started over.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, what we're going to do is we're all going to go one by one, and we're all going to pick, starting with Amy, then going to me, and then going to Michael, uh, the first song that we chose, and then we'll go through all of us again and pick the second, and the third, and the fourth, and then we'll be done. Uh, So, yeah, start us off.
1: Okay, so um, the first... I I mean, in general, the exercise was difficult, but it was easy selecting the first song um, because the song was like... On loop my entire high school career. Um, I was a, a diver, so there's not many of those out there. But we uh, you know, we practiced along with the swimmers. We were in this big, you know, like pool, and a lot of times they play stuff on the loudspeakers while you're practicing and warming up for meets and whatnot. And the high school varsity swim coach was obsessed with Van Halen's Right Now.
2: Is this Coach Rooney?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If not once a day, you know, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Um it would like. Be have more heavily on rotation, like the closer we got to sectionals and state. Um, And I've got to be honest, you know, being a diver, you're out of the water a lot. So you don't have, I mean, the swimmers probably didn't hear it as much. You know, they're practicing swimming in the water. But I'm I'm out of the water, waiting my turn all the time. So I would listen to the words and I got to really love it. And it's still like, it still just amps me up. It just kind of gives me that like, night before the swim meet feel (laughs) and (laughs) makes me like get really competitive and want to win and it's just i don't know it's a great it's a great motivational song in my opinion so one of the things that i just love about and again this is a mixtape so i'm making it for someone to know for them to know how i am so it's uh miss the beat you lose the rhythm and nothing falls into place no only missed by a fraction, slipped a little off your pace. Oh, And that just, I mean, in high school, being a diver, like you don't point a toe, you don't go to state. <laughs> you know, it's just oh, like, like you do, you just like you you miss a beat and you really do just like you lose. So those really spoke to me. And, you know, I guess that's what I would want someone to know if I handed them my mixtape. <laughs> but I'm really competitive. This song amps me up. And um, I did sports where – Small errors meant big consequences.
2: Oh man. Yeah. I listened to this song and I it's funny how your association is sports events because I hear this and I it's it must be a sports trope or something, cause it just remind me I'm like, oh, this is a basketball game, right? Where it's like <laughs> they they play the beginning on loop. They're like none of the lyrics. Van Halen never sings. They just like clip out like the beginning. Like done, like the part, and it's always like stadium lights go out, and it's just the spotlights like waving around, and there's like the smoke going, and then all the players like jump onto the court and are like, yeah, sports. Um, yeah, so. they do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. I don't know. This was a fun one to listen to because um, I was like Van Halen right now. I'm like, what the hell is that? I clicked it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's this. One. It's this song.
0: <laughs> I had the exact same reaction. I was like, right now, Van Halen. I I don't know this song. And then and then and when it got to the right now, come on, it's everything. I was like, yeah, this I know this song. And the funny thing is, I could sworn <laughs> I could have sworn this song was an oldie. Is this not an oldie?
1: What? Well, I- I guess it depends on what your definition of oldie is. I mean, it, the whole, the whole thing is like, I took this as it didn't have to be like released when I was 13 to 19 years old. I just had to have like discovered it and listened to it when I was 13 to ah, 19 years old. Okay. So, yeah, this is, this is an older song, but I mean, it is a critical part of that, those teenage years. Cool, cool. But yeah, did you guys, did it have the same effect on you? Did it, Get you excited to amp you up, get you ready for competition?
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. Like, from the straight beginning, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I-, I got to go swimming. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's the whole point. I wanted you guys to feel that way. So
2: my song, Amy, like, so when I was swimming in um at club with Rooney, the song that I remember associ I mean, we didn't listen to it a bunch, but like the song that remi- reminds me of like songs played while we were practicing mm-hmm. we did we're doing this like of a hundred freestyle set and uh angel as a centerfold comes on and that was like mm-hmm. cranked and it, it was i just remember like all the swimmers like getting into it and like singing along while they're um well, like in like the, the 10 seconds you had on the wall cause you were dying so you're just like i'm gonna sing to somehow bring my spirits up um <laughs> so um, but yeah, that's, that's my memory of, of music played, um, during practice is that song. I mean, we listened to a whole bunch, but that one just stands out to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. I recall that as well. All right, Mark, what do you got for your first one?
0: Uh, so for me, I'm going to start with the, the first one that I knew off the top of my head, the minute that I started picking out songs, there was only one song I knew still in my head that's like it's going to be on there, not a doubt in my mind. And the other ones took deliberation and searching and uh, remembering. But this is definitely one that still is a you know part of my consciousness, so it, it never really left. And in fact, this is the one that is still in the music library to this day. Um, and uh, you guys are gonna groan, but it's in there. It's it's "Lovers in Japan" Osaka Sun Mix uh, by Coldplay. Yeah, that read the article post years ago uh i think it was one of the first ones at bad music hurts um i kind of briefly covered how i came across this song um we are on a family cruise there was like a a youth music event or something and uh i went to Ooh. it and it was very awkward it was very awkward so it was a bunch of <laughs> teens sitting around on their cell phones not wanting to dance not talking to one another it was awful so i did what oh, any God. other teenager would do in that situation. I didn't change anything about the situation and looked at the TV screen and was like, I want to see what these music videos are and check them out later. Cause some of these music oh, videos look goodness. weird. So I made notes of the artists for each uh music video that came up. One of them was really weird. The camera was spinning and there was butterflies and it was kind of weird. There was TV screens and there was drawing with light. It was very odd. I'm like, okay, I got, I'm gonna check that out when I get back. And I did, and uh, it kind of blew my mind at the time. Uh, I didn't know songs could sound like like Lovers in Japan did. It was absolutely mind-blowing for me at the time. Uh... And that sort of kick-started things for me, like uh, Coldplay then was the very first band I sought out albums for and collected albums for. And um, it was actually also the first band in- that had a release that I eagerly anticipated, specifically uh, after Viva La Vida and Milo Xylido was uh, soon to be uh, released um i remember like anticipating and like eagerly counting down the days for its release and i remember when uh the ep uh with every teardrop is a waterfall dropped like i I lost my mind the fact that this is like the first band to honestly i think kind of start it all for me um they needed to be on here it was definitely a coming of age thing um so i do still listen to it occasionally not nearly as much as i did but uh I will always have a soft spot for Lovers in Japan and Coldplay. Always.
1: Oh, my word. Okay, so <laughs> let me just back up here. <laughs> okay, oh, no. first off, I knew Coldplay was going to be a- me on there. Yeah. Um. Secondly, I'm just trying to get the picture. You're at this, like, teen night on the cruise. Yes. And you have out... A- your phone or a pen and paper and you're like jotting down notes of what you see on a TV?
0: Literally, yes. I was sitting down on the couch next to every <laughs> oh other God. teenager there who also had their cell phones out. Um, there was TV screens around playing like, uh, you know, music videos. You couldn't hear the music. That's the important part I forgot to mention, actually. Like, I-, I didn't hear the song there. They were just playing the music video. They must have been like streaming MTV or something. Um, and I I was bored. So I was like, okay, I'll just note down the names of the artists here or the song or whatever and check them out later cuz that was the only thing i could think to entertain me at the time. So that's oh what boy. i did. <laughs> okay.
1: Oh man, that's hilarious. And uh. then also i just don't i just don't understand Coldplay. It's <laughs> it's bad. I think Michael <laughs> do you, i mean i i knew this i knew something of Coldplay was going to be on Mark's list. Yeah. But i just can can you like can you sell me on it? Like, what were you thinking to make you want to listen to it? Because I think if someone told me I'm going to put on Coldplay, I would have been like, okay, I'm going to put it in my headphones. Why, Why are they relevant?
0: Okay, so that's kind of a loaded question though, because in the early years they were relevant because they were like a more accessible radiohead i mean that's basically what they were I mean that's where the trope that oh, Coldplay just ripped off Radiohead came from because that, they effectively were a more accessible radiohead than Radiohead was, and that made radiohead fans angry um and uh so that's where I guess the initial um uh hatred for Coldplay came from. They're nothing like Radiohead right now, so that's why I said that like um. Uh, it, it definitely kind of depends on where you are. So that's, and that's the sort of the problem is I'm not entirely sure how I would sell it to somebody. It depends on what they're looking for. Um, I I would say, actually, funnily enough, there's, there's a Coldplay song for everybody out there. <laughs> I, I know that sounds strange, but the thing that I think makes Coldplay so interesting for me is that, yes, they're accessible. Yes, they are like popular music, but w- what makes them sort of special is that they're a stepping stone to many different, kinds of music they're stepping st- stone for uh some types of electric music or electronic music they're stepping stone for some more um i would say more thematic experimental stuff like i i surprisingly like there actually is like for every album they release there's always like one or two songs in there that feel like they almost don't belong because they're a little bit more out there and they're just on the cusp of that so it's still comfortable for like the the you know broader public but um in general it does sort of start to tease those avenues and give people a good sort of way to experiment in different directions and that's what it was for me it was those special songs in there that would always sort of tease towards different uh different styles and different um you know being a little bit beyond the norm so that that's that's what i got out of coldplay anyway
2: gotcha yeah i Uh, i'm sorry mark i'm going to Uh, dog pile onto the shit on Coldplay train (laughs) here Um, and uh, so I would agree with your point there there is a Coldplay song for everyone there are a couple that I do like Um, this one I really don't Um, the singer I mean like the piano is nice and it's catchy um, but the singer is just a monotone blah I I can't hear what he's saying (laughs) I I feel like the mixing encourages this. <laughs> um so I don't know. I wasn't really a huge fan. I just like it, it just that that that's the best way I could describe the song is that like I listened to it and I'm like I don't it, it totally didn't stick with me cuz it just sounded monotone to me. It didn't really seem to have really dynamic um highs and lows it just oh yeah no I don't it's not
0: a, it's it's a it's a pop song it's it's compressed to high hell it's it's a stadium <laughs> anthem sort of thing you know it, you take what you can get
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i will say though mark that the music video is super entertaining i mean yes, that's what i'm that saying that's fun. what i'm
0: saying i was there that was the most entertaining <laughs> thing about that
1: entire teen event was the music video all right well i'll i'll yeah i'll back off on coldplay Michael, what's your first one?
2: (laughs) Um, Okay, so my first one, surprisingly enough, was actually, wasn't on my drafts until like the one, the final drafts, where I was like, you know, I was like, you know, what? there was one pick on there. I'm like, I was really, well, I should take it back. I was really struggling between kind of two drafts. I was kind of iterating back and forth between them. I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm like, something's missing here. And I kept on scrolling through uh, like my recently added. And I'm like, like, oh shit. I'm like, you know what? Walk the Moon really was kind of part of, like, later high school to maybe super early college for me. And so, like, senior year of high school, and Mark, I believe, found them and forwarded me the album. And so, I don't know, there's one um, song off Walk the Moon self-titled that really kind of stuck with me and I listen to a whole lot and I love and that's uh, walk the moon's Quesadilla. My shoot is
0: blooming life spread
2: The song just because the beginning just always gets me like so excited. Like it's so contagious. Just like the fun and excitement. Like you have a stupid rap, a rapid synth. You have like the clacking of drumsticks. You even hear like the band members like amping each other up by like like all right, and then they like just jump right into it. And it's just it's such a fun song and. It just remind it like I, I listened to a whole bunch because it like the lyrics for me when I was in high school, I'm like, it reminded me of a high school crush. And like I associated the song very strongly with that. Um and it's just it was a it was I listened to it a whole bunch. I have it kind of associated with that memory and it, I was like, you know what, this this kind of should be on here. Um and I don't know, this I, I really love this song because I still love it. Um because Walk the Moon At least early Walk the Moon. What I loved about them is their lyrical simplicity, but they were just seemed to always be on the nose. Like it was not anything like super complex or poetic, but they just knew how to describe certain emotional feelings towards, say, like a crush or significant other, just very poignantly and just like inconcisely. So, like, like like for example like the lyric like when you see your long hair come down it turned my head inside out like or like in in further in the album where it's it's like she's naive even human or, or something like that it's just like i don't know it's just they, they capture those moments of like oh when a crush does something it just like destroys you and you're like oh like you're just smitten kind of that just reminds me and captures i think just how teenagers are. It's like they're very prone to crushes like that, and, I don't know, it just kind of brings me back to some of those memories in high school, and, I don't know, it's still just such a fun song that whenever I listen to it, it just kind of sucks me into the album, and I'm almost there to stay. I'm like, well, now I have to listen to this album. Like, (laughs) so, um, but uh, rest in peace, Walk the Moon. I I have not been a fan of their later stuff, unfortunately, Um, but... But yeah, uh, th- th- this one I think because it it, it definitely I-, I didn't really follow I guess a flow per se like oh this song kind of flows into the other but this song I I kind of intentionally put it in the beginning because I'm like you know what the-, the beginning of this song like is so good it does belong like Walk the Moon recognized at the beginning um, of the of the playlist here so um, so yeah it definitely deserved a spot on mine
1: yeah I liked the song I liked it a lot um, it. It reminds me, I mean, a lot of, and later in my playlist, I have some 90s alternative. Um, It it kind of has a little bit of that tone to it. Um, It also reminded me of um, the band Mr. Wives that's pretty popular now.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I liked the song, and I could totally see listening to it as a teenager.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was quite surprised to see it on here uh, because it's still in my library, actually. I was like, oh. These guys, mm. I know these guys,
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
0: and I agree, Michael. Their their first album is fire, and I will continue to stand by that. It's it's a good record. It's a it's a, and I really liked your description about it being sort of like a crush filled adrenaline. That that is what the first album is, and that's what makes it sort of you know really fun for me and stand out from like generic pop records like their sequel where where it's like, you know, it it feels like it's got a different spin to it than just like, we're playing music loudly and fastly. It, it's it it has that that um underlying adrenaline rush to it that just uh that visceralness that just was not present in their future work and, and a lot of other pop uh work out there. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really glad to see this on here.
1: Yay <laughs> All right, my turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my My second uh, second song was. Have you guys? I'm really interested to know if you know this one, but I chose "Iris" by the Goo Goo Dolls. to it before
2: i well i clicked on your link and listened to it i'm like oh this song that was my note too it's oh it's this song
1: <laughs> hey <laughs> no, not in well, way. I, I don't it's mean just... yeah
2: yeah i mean this song i think has been everywhere i don't know i don't think i know a single soul that has not at least heard this um mm-hmm. so it's definitely very very popular and out there i think it was like shoot, what was it i haven't 134 million views on YouTube. Holy crap. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, and it was um it was a soundtrack for a movie with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. I think it's called City of Angels. And um I I I actually haven't seen the movie, but what I know the gist is is it's I think this like angel gives up his immortality to fall in love with, like, a mortal, a.k.a. Meg Ryan. Um, and so I think this song was perfect for, like, that, like, uh, storyline. But what I really like about the song is it's, um, again, this is, like, teenage Amy. Um, the, one of the lyrics is, And I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand when everything's meant to be broken. I just want you to know who I am. Like, oh, my gosh, teenage teenage angst, like, in a nutshell. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, it's just about a person who no one really understands, at least not fully. And um, they fall in love with someone, and I don't think that person knows. And they want the person to know that they love them and then also wants the person to know and understand them as a person. And I don't know. It's just – it's a nice song. I like it. And I think that when I was a teenager, I was pretty shy and I was kind of a a floater for lack of a better term or kind of, I didn't really have like, um, like a click. Uh, I, I like was an athlete, but also into academics. Um, and I didn't really do like a whole lot of like extracurricular activities. Cause I just focus on the athletics and the academics. And I mean, I had friends in all different kinds of cliques. Um, so I don't think anyone really kind of got the fact that I wasn't any one thing. Um, and so I, I really liked the song cause I, I felt, you know, of course teenagers felt misunderstood <laughs> <laughs> or like no one really knew the real me, I guess. Um, so yeah. That's why I I chose Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. I uh, really liked
0: listening to this, like actually listening to it on a set of good speakers. uh, Because, I mean, you always think you know a song from hearing it on like 10 MacBook speakers, you know, many times years ago. um, (laughs) And you think you know it. But then when you listen to it on uh, good headphones with a good quality audio source, you're like, Oh, I never realized there was like, what is it? A mandolin, a banjo or something in there. Like th- th- it's mm-hmm. there. And there's a- also s- more strings than I remembered in there too. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more hmm. of a layered song than I ever gave it yeah. credit for. And it's actually really nice to listen to. It's a very nice pop song or pop rock, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Actually, there's um the um lead singer of the band said it's, I think, his like crowning achievement um, where he's something along those lines like he's the most proud of it or or what nice
2: yeah i i really liked this one i i actually when i first clicked on it i'm like oh this song like okay here we go like yeah 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 I'm like i'll re- <laughs> re- re-listen to it but then like i was going through it again i'm like i, I was like oh i, want, I want to re-listen to it just to refresh my memory and i actually like started to enjoy it more and more and more as i listen to it and yeah it's it's a good one it's just it's catchy it, it like sticks with you um and like mark said there's there's some good instrumentation going on here. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I just I liked it. I, I thought the music video was kind of cool too, how he's in like this observatory with all these like cool like um telescopes and whatnot. It's it's kinda cool. And then of course you have the moody like I'm playing in the middle of the street and everyone's driving around me because they don't actually see me kind of thing. <laughs> but um. <It's> perfect. <laughs> but uh but yeah, it's cool. I, I, I like it. Um it was catchy and it was kind of fun just to be like, "Oh, so, like this is Google Goo Dolls. Like I've heard the name before, but I never associated them with this song." Um, so this, it was kind of cool. All
1: right, Mark, what's your second?
2: All right, so before I cover my second choice, uh, I want to make something very clear.
0: Um, you're like crucial in shaping my music taste today in a strange, uh, indirect way because hmm. i I, I'm, I think we covered my. this. once. I'm
1: very surprised. I think, <laughs> I think,
0: I think we covered this once before on the show, but uh, back in the day. We had this old, compact Windows computer, back what I refer to as the Dark Ages, and we all shared the same profile and iTunes library back in the day. And um, as Amy said, she's older than us, uh, uh, both of us, so um, she had a head start on both Michael and I in getting an iTunes library like filled up, because you're the first one to have an iPod of any sort, if I recall, and um, or at least the first to maintain an
2: iTunes library.
1: Actually, I think I had an MP3. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i think i had that mp3 i think you passed yes. it on to me oh,
1: yeah oh i did God. i had an mp3 and then i had an ipod nano and i think i still have it because i think it's like Hold first generation that thing is
0: really cool <laughs> um so so yeah effectively we shared the library and but when i had my ipod nano my first my portable music player um i effectively used amy's library uh when I synced it. So I, I, at the time it wasn't that much song. So I just synced everything. So I had Amy's music library. And like the few singles that I started purchasing. At the beginning. So that was my iPod Nano. My music library it was basically Amy's. And um, funnily enough. Uh, a lot of the songs here. Uh, that i fondly recall or i feel like sort of shaped where i went uh like half of them i'd say and even the one, even the ones on the cutting board half of those uh were directly from that library or from artists in that library and um one of them is the counting crows uh mrs potter's oh, lullaby yes. i love the counting crows so uh i was Me too. uh in sophomore year i was on a uh band trip to cedar point a uh, field trip and um i don't know how i discovered these guys maybe i was bored listening to my standard like top 10 songs in my purchased list and i kind of dug around in amy's whole library and i must have found these guys and listened to them and i was like oh damn these guys are good (laughs) so i listened to counting crows non-stop uh during that trip so it's like very much tied to that time of my life and um it was hard for me to choose a specific song here because uh, I really like The Rain King. Yeah,
2: yeah! Yeah!
0: The ending of that <laughs> song is ridiculous, but I love Rain King. Uh, Mr. Jones is also great. Um, but I-, I ended up going with Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Believe It is a cool crisp seven minutes and forty six seconds that is a long ooh, song. Ooh. It was I think the first band and song uh looking back on it to sort of expose me that like hey, songs don't have to be digestible two to four minute pop you know cans you can you can play around <laughs> with the format a little bit just a little bit so it was i uh, the fact that it was like it took its time it is a it it gets comfortable, it's a long song. Um, They're definitely not just a rock band. I'd say at least the songs that I had, uh, that I discussed here, um, they were definitely rock songs with a little bit more flair. They had a little bit more nuance to them than just rock songs. So I, I would say definitely sort of... Teased directions that I hadn't really considered before, both in terms of song length, song structure, but also that like you know, rock songs can be a little bit more than just rock. We can we can play around with a little bit. We can have a song literally talking about someone called Mrs. Potter. Like, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. something I was used to. Um. So yeah, you know, I, Harry Potter's mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, <laughs> I I I knew Counting Crows had to be on here, but um, at the end of the day, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby uh, one out uh, a spot.
1: Oh, my gosh. There's like some select lyrics in that song that I absolutely love. And I remember listening to Counting Crows because I had their CD and I would put it in mom and dad's car. And whenever I would drive their car to like, I don't know, a doctor's appointment or something, um, I'd listen to it. And there's a line that's like, um, I, um, I dream I never know anyone at the party, but I'm always the host. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it sounds so – <laughs> like i i that makes me panic there's a, another line too that's like if you've never stared off into the distance then your life is a shame and i think that's a very appealing line to a teenager yeah,
0: there's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of good lyrics and and at least the, like the kind of crow songs that i had like very good very good lyrics very good song structure surprisingly good songs in fact like i'm, I'm when we get done here I, i'm gonna be checking out some of their actual like records going back and like listening to them because i really do mm-hmm. like these songs and i'm curious to finally hear them in their original context
1: well didn't they also i mean i i don't know but i think i remember reading something about how they had some tiffs with like radio stations cutting off their songs um because they are they're like eight minutes long and radio stations would like play three minutes of them
2: Ugh. That that I wouldn't put it past radio stations because I've heard them cut off um, foreplay from long time from Boston and I'm like no dare. you can't <laughs> do that <laughs> like, the radio's trash not allowed people let it die I I'm sorry guys I'm going to be a bit of a Debbie Downer here I kind of don't like this song oh. um <sighs> it's just I don't know it sounds like the same thing for eight minutes I think it overstays its welcome and musically it just doesn't seem to go anywhere it just kind of sounds like the same um i don't know i think it's just because i don't really understand that i I feel like i would need to dive into the lyrics to appreciate it because i know that there's there's some sort of thing going on here because otherwise why would they have an eight minute freaking song so um (laughs) i i I don't really understand like the point of the song so i feel like if i did and listen more to lyrics so i I should back up when i listen to songs it's usually purely on the surface for the first couple listens before i really start i guess digesting the lyrics because i find it hard to kind of divert my attention to both um so i usually kind of just do a surface level the first time and this one kind of just failed the surface level for me unfortunately um but i do have it on my itunes playlist as well mark because i also like you um copied over when i had the old non just the mp3 player was like my first one the one got passed on to me from amy as well and um i also kind of took over amy's um itunes playlist as well to start off mine um so i remember this one's still on my itunes but i just i'm not a huge fan unfortunately It's a right to have wrong opinions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can see where you're coming from. It's definitely
0: like, I I don't want to say a sleeper because that might be like, uh, have a negative connotation, but it's more of a laid back. Like, you're not going to get like the swells you might get with other longer songs. But um, I personally think there's enough, uh, you know, growth there, at least in terms of like. Uh, lyrical content to keep it interesting but yeah potentially you're right Uh, in terms of just raw instrumentation maybe it does get a little bit you know long in the tooth but um, in my opinion I think it works
2: yeah I would love to have someone like Amy asked you for Coldplay I'd love to have someone who like really knows the lyrics to like sell it to me because I'm sure I'm 100% positive there's, there's something I'm missing but like I said it's just I usually just do a surface level so it did nothing really grabbed me
1: honestly it's just like listening to the lyrics and every once in a while I'm like, hmm, that's clever. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I'll hear a line and I, I like it or I like what they did with words or how they describe something.
2: So it's more like poetic if you had to describe kind it. Kind or... of. Okay.
1: Good road trip music. um, mm-hmm. And I like, I mean, if you've listened to our podcast before, I'm a sucker for lyrics. And if you have clever plays on words or clever ways of describing something, I'm just like. Hmm, I like you.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh so I picked uh Michael. It's your turn.
2: All right. It was an inevitability. Um Ludo was going to be on this uh this playlist. Um there was what? there was there was no avoiding it. Um I've actually been listening to them more recently because they so listeners who don't know Ludo um kind of technically broke up after prepare the preparations around 2010 ish. Um and if who li- listeners who are fans that are interested why they broke up and the whole story behind it, Tim Convey, the Moog player, actually did a podcast. Uh, it's the trip to the loo where him and his friends. I think the gist of it is they travel to different places, then talk about their experience visiting the place. But for this one, they talked to Tim Convey and were like, whoa, dude, like you are part of an actual like legitimate band. Tell us more about it. And in it, he describes like how the band like became Big and then how they broke up and why they broke up. So listeners who are curious, I mean, you can go out and check it out. It's actually a really interesting lesson. Listen. Also, listeners who probably have read um my blog, uh, my first blog post. These this was the band that for me, it, I guess to uh, to provide an analogy for Mark is my Coldplay. So these were this was the band that I actually uh, discovered through Mark. Mark found through a friend, and he passed on to me, and I really latched onto them and really bought like everything loved them bought every album they had every song Broken Bride was really the first album that showed me what music could be like uh, like it didn't have to be this either cookie cutter country music or it didn't have to be I mean Jimmy Buffett's fantastic but there's other music besides Jimmy Buffett so um it, it showed me that there could be other kind of nerdy stuff that more spoke to me as opposed to more general music and so ludo had to be on here because they really kind of were integral into my teenage years and i just listened to the snot album and one of the songs that it was a close battle between two but the one that came on top is uh ludo's hum along
0: I find the secret map? And I would bushwhack through the jungles of
2: I adore this song. It like it it just speaks so well to I guess the teenage experience of every guy. I don't know if girls have this experience, Amy, but every guy has the daydream. Of rescuing their crush from God knows what. In this case, it's um you're 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 sent through the story and vision of being an Indiana Jones like character, bushwhacking through the jungles of Peru to save your your crush from evil pirates that kidnap her because you know that's what pirates do. Um, <laughs> and so um I don't know this song I, I I love it. Um, it's about essentially what the song is about. It's about a main singer that falls in love with someone on like first sight. And the point of the song being that maybe someday the song would reach uh, like a certain popularity. And maybe one day that love interest would hear the song and sing along to it, not knowing it was written about her. Um, so it's kind of a really interesting kind of story and take. And Andrew Volpe's um, uh, like lyrical storytelling and descriptive storytelling really shines here. And I just I love it. It's it's very empathetic and relatable his description is very empathetic and relatable as a teenager um, and I just love the the fast paced storytelling around the bridge of this song it's just a blast I love it um, and it gets me singing along every time I still know the lyrics like a back of my hand and You know, that's just such a fun imagery of like you and your crush sitting by the sea eating guava after you just rescued her and you're crowned king and queen by the Mayans, you know, as you do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so this is just a fun song. I love it. Um, The close runner up was Ode to Kevin Arnold. But um, uh, this one, Humalong, took the cake for me. And it really it's one of those that really, I don't know, just show it was one of those that like like broken bride showed me hey songs can be like fun nerdy and relatable so um yeah this one definitely deserved a spot on on my
1: playlist here so i have a confession um this yesterday was the first time i had ever listened to a ludo song. <laughs> no i know you've been on my case forever to to listen to it and i haven't um it is the first time and I have to admit, when I when I listened to it, I kept thinking like, they sound like some other band, Um, and and it's like trying to think of who they sound like, and it's like a mix of like Jack's Mannequin and like, couple other bands from the early two thousands. But I was expecting like something a little bit more out there, but I was surprised at how like familiar they sounded. And I knew they weren't – I knew I had never listened to them before, but they sounded – yeah, they sounded familiar. Um, and I, I actually – I liked the I'm song. Glad, I liked I'm it glad. a
2: lot. Trust me. There's weirder stuff that they have that I'm certain you will not enjoy. But it's um, – <laughs> Come down to Lake Bonja, train, rest your soul and your brain. Your brain. <laughs> Free for you and all your friends <laughs> okay. crawfish till okay. the pinter end. <laughs> Um, weirdos. <laughs> oh, that song's, that, you know, that song almost made it on here, I'll have you know that. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. When the waves dance in time, Mark. <laughs> but, alright, um. Yeah,
0: uh, unfortunately, I personally would have liked if that made it on here instead. I've always just found hum Along okay, it's a nice oh, song. Aw, dang it. It's not something I get excited about. I don't know,
2: I really like it, but, um, I guess to answer Amy's question, there, there's, or, uh, to Amy's point, there's... There's a lot more out there that's a lot this is their most accessible song, I should say. Um in this this was the one that really kinda uh made them popular, really kinda they blew up um because of this. I mean, Tim I'm oh, sorry, um uh yeah, Tim Convy kind of discusses it in the the podcast, which it'll be the link will be in the show notes, but um I mean, rightfully so. It's a great song. And it's it is definitely the most accessible one because um they have like the like Pontra trains um of course you have like broken bride save our city that if if you're not or and cyborgs versus robots i mean the title should help you understand the kind of nerdiness there oh, um but <laughs> so um they're they have such a goofy side but what what is interesting is that they have this goofy nerdy side but they also match it with Quality like up, uh, like the music and everything is there. There's like the, the lyrical writing, it's not like it's not like gaudy or cheesy, like, ah, oh, this just sounds like it's not ninja sex party, which is just bad music done bad. Yes, exactly.
0: This is goofy music, but they do it well. Yes, they're good musicians. Yeah,
2: Andrew is a very intelligent guy and he knows how to write a good song. Um, so. Yeah, this one definitely deserved a spot on mine, and I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it, Amy.
1: Oh yeah, well I I mean like I said, it's the only Ludo song I've listened to, so I'm not saying I like <laughs> the band. I'm saying I like the song.
0: <laughs> All right, Amy, it's your turn.
1: All right, um, my third song is, uh, I guess. So we we grew up in a a neighborhood where there was like a community pool, and um. I would spend like my summer days there. I would ride my bike there and go to swim practice in the morning and just stay, um, play cards and like swim and do all this fun stuff with the neighborhood kids. And um, so even though I wasn't, you know, a teenager for all those years, near the end of like the last couple of years we were in that neighborhood, I was, you know, 13 and 14 and just starting, you know, kind of all those emotions of being a teenager And I remember this song um, playing because a lot of the lifeguards listen to like 90s alternative, and it's The Wallflower's One Headlight. This song, whenever I hear it, it takes me back to like that time and place the, the community pool in our neighborhood. Um, and I just love the message. Um, so I listen to the lyrics, and so it's I love the feeling it gives me, I love the message, I love where you know the memory it takes me back to. And it's all about, um, you know, you can f- like there's all this just crap in the world, and it sucks, and there's all this bad stuff, and you know, that's all a given. Um, and then you have on the flip side of that, you have all these like fairy tales and these stories of like life being perfect and, and whatnot. And the guy's just saying like, Hey, yeah, things are shitty sometimes. Um, and you're not going to have this fairy tale that people make you believe you can have, but you can drive home with one headlight. Um, you know, there's this middle ground in between the shit and the awesome, um and that's okay i mean you can you can make it home with one headlight you can see you can make your way and i just love that message because it doesn't like idealize everything anything or romanticize anything it's like a very real message and it's a catchy tune and when it comes on i'm just like shh, don't talk during the song <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. i love it
2: man i kind of i wish i had more time in the in the windings or during the golden years um But because I I can imagine that would have been just a blast. I ride my bike to swim practice and just stay like "Ah, I can just ride my bike home whenever I get like hungry or something.
1: I mean, yeah, I would go home and get cans of Pringles and bring them (laughs) back. And then mom would get mad at me. She's like, where are the Pringles (laughs) 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 Whoops. Oh, that's funny. No, it was it was like that was my childhood. And I'm so grateful for those memories. I I mean, did you like it? I'm curious to know, because for me, it's one of my most beloved songs
2: i didn't really have any comments on it personally i didn't really hate it i didn't really particularly like it it just was like oh okay like Mm -hmm. it just kind of was there (laughs) (laughs) it was music styrofoam for me
0: i listened to it i remember nothing about it (laughs) i have no comments on it It, it, Uh, it wasn't that it was bad I just, I guess if your definition is bad as being unnoteworthy, then yes. But, like, I got I got nothing. I listened to it, but I couldn't tell you a single <laughs> thing about it.
1: I'm sorry. Well, shoot. Like, my mixtape has failed then, because you're supposed to be, like, profoundly impacted by the songs that I choose and know more about me. And, like, I'm think oh, sorry, I'm, like, Amy, no. this really deep, awesome person. <laughs> uh, um... Not trying to woo you guys, anyway. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I wasn't sitting down with like lyrics in hand. Maybe it would have been better if I sat down with the lyrics, but like instrumentally speaking, there was nothing there that grabbed me, unfortunately. So, um, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, have too yeah, much yeah, to say. Yeah. Neither do I. <laughs> All right. So if everyone's done, it's uh, it's my turn again. Springboarding off, uh, Amy accidentally shaping a lot of my music taste today uh, or helping me shape it anyway um i am almost positive i didn't buy this song i think it was just in there um but uh it's god is a dj by uh pink
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> god yeah. um oh
0: my it's the f word in a song <gasps> gasp emoji
1: you <laughs>
0: goofily tame by, like, modern sensibilities and, you know, being an adult now, but it was, it was out there for me at the time. When
1: did you listen to this? Like... Give me like when did you ever just like pick that song and like yes this is what I want to <laughs> listen to in this moment right I, now. I
0: have distinct memories of it being in uh in like one of the playlists that I listen to constantly and having it like on my iPod Nano as I was playing uh, Mario Kart <laughs> on my DS. It was it was Night one word. of the ones in the rotation and it was there for a long time. <laughs> Love or hate, <laughs> f- you. <gasps> it was it was it was out there. You have to start somewhere and um. I I thought it was, I thought I was pre- pretty rebellious for listening to it, too. Um, So, to you Pink. know
1: what? You felt rebellious listening to Pink. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh. Okay. So, you know what? She's
1: she's kind of a sassy girl. Oh, I'm sure she the is. The music but, video oh. is
2: just, what am I watching? <laughs> like, what is
0: going oh, on? Oh, don't watch the music video. What are you doing? I don't know. Uh, no one wants to see that. <laughs> no one wants to oh. see that. <laughs> But I I truly enjoyed this song because uh, I felt rebellious doing it. It was a way to sort of experiment in that way. That but while still feeling safe, um, and I sort of took that avenue to go further for my final pick. But um, I I do remember this being like the first song that I remember there being a swear word in that I listened to. So that's that's kind of important uh, in. The music i listen to today where there's a lot of things
1: in the music i listen to today so um i i would pay money to see you dance to this song <laughs> oh, oh my
2: <laughs> god it, put it on it's
1: my jam i'll dance oh, to it still no. i probably
2: know a lot of the lyrics no. still Can oh, we yeah. not? i don't want to see that
0: <laughs> big yeah, money a DJ, big money to see it. Is a dance ball.
2: yeah know. i know it it's oh, great um god. that's all i have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do i say about this song um
1: nothing yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) stepping stones man they're important gotta start somewhere sure
1: (laughs) all right mark or michael what's your third one
2: okay um let's see here so yeah ludo was the first was the first band that i really kind of like interpreted as my own like oh this is like my band man um and I started exploring more, and I was, like, going through my recently added on iTunes again, kind of going through the timeline of it. And, like, the next band that I had, like, all the albums for was a band called Tommy and the High Pilots. Uh, Michael, don't you mean Beta Play? No. <laughs> no. Um, So... Yes. So unfortunately they went and became beta play and I just kind of eh, not really a fan, but anywho. So the, I, I don't really know how exactly how I found out about Tommy and the high pilots. Um, it's the same drummer as Ludo. So it's Matt, uh, P- Palermo. I, think. Nailed it. I, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Um, and so he um, he is on this band as the drummer, and I think that's how I kind of discovered them. Is they, I think Ludo may have had like a a promotional thing, like "Hey, there's Tommy and the High Pilots," and um, and so I remember distinctly having <clears throat> their EP "American Riviera," and that was kind of one though the the first one I really latched onto from them. And I just have really distinct memories of, like, listening to this album, driving to school after swim practice, like, morning swim practice. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I just have memories of, like, high school swim days. And so the song that really I, I picked off this album is Where to Start. How can you say you're pulling for me, hoping for me every day When I'm moving on and getting on it every way But I don't know where to start I'm riding the train With every hopeless wannabe and picking my brain Procrastinating destinations out in the rain Cause I don't know
0: where to start But oh
2: Um, and I don't know, I really, uh, like, liked this, um, song because it's, it's principally about, like, feeling a loss of direction, future, and uncertainty in one's love life after a breakup, but, like, it, it's, it's told through the lens of, like, well, perhaps it's all just plenty enough to say you've at least been in love, like, you're back to square one, where do I start? And what I like about this song is that, like, as a teenager, I mean, it's no, it's no secret, I I was not sociable at all and I was never really in the dating scene in high school. I didn't really know how or where to start. And I really as a teenager kinda um uh just really liked this song because I felt like, well, here's like a twenty five plus year old adult and they don't know where and how to start. And like it was it, it just kinda spoke to me as a teenager. Like, hey, like no one's really got figure it figured out. Everyone's just kind of figuring it out as they go um and i found that really kind of comforting um and like like hey even the older folks don't even know what they're doing um (laughs) so uh but yeah i don't know like the lyrics that really stand out to me is like this this one uh like kind of um verse right here is where tommy at at, like kind of the bridge um says like will i be depressed when i'm 40 getting horny having no sex can't catch a break i'm too damn dirty i wish i was 16 i wish i was 16 i didn't know where to start Um, and it just, I don't know, it just, I I like the, um, I I like the instrumentation on here. It's nothing really crazy, but I don't know, the lyrics for this one just really, I don't know, grabbed me. I really liked it as a teenager and listened to the album and this song in particular uh, a lot. So I thought it definitely deserved a a place on the playlist because of that.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, it's funny you say that because, you know, like older people don't seem like, like they don't really have a clue either. I notice myself being like, "Okay, well, I'm thirty. I am the age that my teacher mm-hmm. was, and you know whatever. <laughs> I'm like, man, I do not feel as old as I thought they mm-hmm. were at that time." yeah you know yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh yeah, you, you kind of realize that people are all just kind of winging it and doing the best they mm-hmm. can, and that, yeah, no, I liked that song as well. thought it was good.
2: I also really like the lyric um, where he, <clears throat> he describes New York as a place where everyone's an asshole in the kindest way. <laughs> I'm like, yes.
1: Yes, I remember <laughs> that lyric. That was good.
0: Uh, unfortunately, I- I've never been really a big fan of Tommy and the High Pilots. I just don't find any of their instrumentation, like, uh, musically. I don't find them musically interesting. Like, uh, granted, I'll-, I'll grant you that there's some fun lyrics in there, like, you know, uh, pretty clever lyrics. But it's I just, ah, oh, man, I've just never been a fan of their presentation yeah it's always just been okay that's understandable for me. Yeah. but uh with that said this one's this one's good it's a good song
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like the lyrics no yeah i, I agree that <laughs> they're they're by no means anything experimental or crazy instrumentally um they were for me a a logical next step like baby step and i'm gonna explore new music this is familiar. Um, and so they were a good kind of sidestep exploration for me after Ludo. Um, and that's kind of why I guess uh, I took to them. So, yeah. So let it be said, uh,
0: I actually really like the brass at the end of this. Oh, yeah. That's nice. brass. <laughs> All right, Amy, your turn again. Last pick.
1: So, my fourth pick is um, Brandy, your fine girl by The Looking Glass. And there's a girl in this harbor town
0: and she works. Laying whiskey down They say, Brandy, fetch another round She serves them whiskey and wine They say, they say, Brandy, you're a fine girl what a good wife you would be Such a fine Yeah, your eyes could steal the same
1: chose this because again my coming of age i'm making a mixtape for someone so what i would want them to know again you can't like say like i have a crush on you or i like you or whatnot they're just supposed to subtly get it from your very carefully selected (laughs) choices and i guess with this one um i would want the person to know that like i like older songs i like um this reminds me of summer's just camping in wisconsin and um i love the lyrics of the song how basically she's this girl in this bar and all these sailors come in and she's serving them whiskey and um they're like oh man like you're so pretty you would you're like so awesome you would make a great wife and they kind of hit on her and she's kind of pining for this other sailor who she loves But he loved the sea more, so she's, like, holding on to him, and he let her go because he's got to be out on the water. So I just love this song because I think that in my teenage years, you know, 13 through 19, I – I mean, I dated, but I would say just – I didn't feel like I was playing for keeps at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And – I guess that's the best Mm -hmm. way to put it, that I just always kind of felt like actually um, the man in the song who was like, Brandy, you're a fine girl, but I'm going to go (laughs) because I just have other things to do right now. Um, Yeah, so it's weird. I I kind of wasn't didn't picture myself as the girl in that song. I pictured myself as the guy who's like, I'm holding out for something else or, I don't know, I got to go out to the sea. I just never – I felt that way a lot in my high school relationships, just kind of holding out for something else and not really, like I said, playing for keeps. I just would leave. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. I guess this is kind of like if I was going to make a mixtape for someone, I think I would subtly want it to say, like, don't take me too seriously.
0: <laughs> so I'm sorry, but I actually didn't listen to this one. This is a, a clutch uh, switcheroo, it looks like, at the last minute. I. I don't know the song. I need to listen to it real quick. So uh, ho- hold on for a moment. You've heard this song. <laughs> you, you, you know it. Heard it.
1: You've heard this song. Hold
0: on. Yeah, I, I still, I, I'm sorry. I still don't what? quite like. Really? It, maybe it sounds familiar. Yeah. Huh. yeah, sorry.
1: Really? Oh my word. Huh. Okay, that's strange.
0: Also, I'm looking at the picture of this band. This guy has gnarly hair, and he's got these glasses. Like it's it's right? wild <laughs> holy shit.
1: yeah no it's a great <laughs> it's a great song a wild um, time. <laughs> <laughs> but the song's really
0: nice i like it you got an oldie in here like a fide oldie i mm-hmm. like that
1: yeah and that's you know like i said subtly what's that's point of the mixtape send a little message like you'll probably like me i'll probably like you this is probably not going
2: to last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. So, I I have heard this song before. Um and I'll be honest, I kind of hated it before cuz I had no idea what it was about. I'm just like, god, fuck this song. No. Um and then I actually figured no. out what it was about. And I'm like, you know what? Like it like once I actually sat down like I read like read the lyrics. I'm like, oh, this is actually I I think I actually really like this song now. Um it's a it good is. One. I like. I honestly just thought it was like I just knew the verse or sorry the chorus, and that's all like I really knew because the only times I've ever really heard the song have been the radio. So that the quality is in Jenny, it's just awful. It's like I know. Let's listen through it like a, through a tin oh.
1: can in a string. Jenny is Michael's yeah. Jeep. Hand me down <sighs> from me. It's a piece of She's crap car. She's limping along. Jenny. She's
2: limping along. The bass is turned all the way down because otherwise it rattles. Uh. Um <laughs>
1: Sounds about and right. And so, <laughs> needless to
2: say, the music quality is, is terrible. So uh, the only time I've really heard this song has been when I turn on the radio, uh, just on a short commute to work. And I was like, oh, god, this song. But now that I actually know what it's about, and I, I can hear all the other lyrics. I'm like, I actually really like this song. It's, it's musically kind of catchy. Um, and yeah, I, I'm glad you had it on here, because otherwise I probably wouldn't have, I don't know, really turned my view on it around. So...
0: All right, Mark, what's your last one? I guess sort of taking the journey begun by God as a DJ, by being to its logical, annoying conclusion, it's bitch of a living, Spring Awakening. It's like fantastic tossing, turning without rest. Cause my day's at the piano with my teacher and a breast. And the music's like the one thing I can even get it
2: all. And those breasts, I mean, God, please just let those apples fall.
0: there's no way a show tune wasn't making it on here in some form and uh boy i'm glad mom and dad never heard this one um (laughs) so i mean there's there's being edgy in songs and then there's just being obnoxious this song and spring awakening i love spring awakening but let's be clear here theater folks it's it's obnoxious (laughs) but um at the same time i i still enjoy it it does take me back to you know being backstage with uh the theater people and um uh you know the the song would come on and everyone's a little bit angsty maybe a little bit sleep deprived because you got like five tests tomorrow you're not getting home until 10 p.m and it's tech rehearsal and you kind of want to die and you're all in this together and everyone's hormonal (laughs) and it's 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 a bad time and then bitch of living comes on and you're like yeah life's a bitch and 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 you can feel a little bit moody and feel good about feeling moody it's it, it was a good way to sort of let off steam in my opinion as a youthful teenager and um i i don't listen to the soundtrack anymore uh needless to say it d- doesn't really uh do anything for me as much as it did back in the day but every once in a while i'll revisit it and uh bunch of living so it's 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 of a time and uh I think it definitely was uh, the most uh, explicit of things that I've listened to, um, at least at that point in time. So definitely testing the limits of what I wanted to listen to or uh, could find interesting.
2: So I, have, I haven't I have seen Spring Awakening, so the song kind of just went over my head. I didn't really get it. Um, I feel like I would need to see the play to um, really appreciate it. Um but yeah, I, I don't really have m- many comments besides that, unfortunately. Um, musically, uh, play songs are a bit more tame because the focus is on the character development, the lyrics, and everything like that. But I didn't know the characters. It sounded like there was multiple people singing in this, but I wasn't sure. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's an entire school of like a uh, uh, boarding school boys gotcha, in Germany. Gotcha. Okay, um, back in the day, it's it's an it's a it's set like a a period so what is spring like i guess filling me and i in what's spring awakening about then all right spring awakening
0: uh two boarding schools one all boys one all girls um in germany i forget uh, what time period but i'd say like sometime in the early 1900s um uh, i'd say before the war uh and yeah and you got kids that are like you know really feeling (laughs) hormonal uh some of them maybe uh Flirting with homosexual tendencies, and there's also, um, problems with doing well in school. Like, not even, like, not being intelligent, just not doing well in the... The very rigorous German structure of the school itself. And so, like, you got all different kinds of characters going about different, struggling with different issues. You got drug use, budding (laughs) sexual interests that they don't know how to control and are getting no direction or guidance from their own parents for. Some kids die. It's, it's, (laughs) oh, jeez. It's a high school theater majors' dream show. That's what it is. But it serves that role very well. It lets you kind of let off steam and uh uh in that specific way and i think a healthy way and um uh yeah i it so that's sort of the background of what the show is Hmm. gotcha amy you've just been sitting there with a furrowed brow like this entire time
1: (laughs) i think it's just because i don't get it
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't share the entire soundtrack here, and I knew it had to be on here, because if I didn't, then I was being dishonest for paving the road, so it, it had to be on here. But yeah, I, unfortunately, I can understand just being suddenly thrown into it, being like, what am I even listening to right
2: now? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the play, but yeah, I, I feel like to appreciate this song, I would have had to to see it. But I could definitely see mark um, uh, from my very minimal experience in the the theater program um that i could definitely see like like you're saying everyone's freaking exhausted during tech uh tech review and um and or tech rehearsal i should say and um and this plane and everyone's just like fuck it and just like purse out in sing a song but um yep <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I I think it was kind of fun to get a little bit more of a glimpse on what you and the the theater kids kind of really listen to. Um like when you were yeah, looking This to... is
0: always on the rotation. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs> cool, cool. All
0: right, Michael, your final pick. What is it?
2: All right. So, yes, I'm original. It's an Arludo song, Sue Me. Um <laughs> and so
1: You're breaking the rules of mixtape creation. I know,
2: but I <laughs> mine's not technically a mixtape by your definition, Amy. So, um and so mine is uh, Ludo's in Space. In space. This is from when I was talking about uh, You're Awful, I Love You. This is the closing song to that album. And I really loved this song um, because Ludo thought of singing in space before Chris Hadfield made it cool. Um, have you guys seen that video of Chris Hadfield in the space station? Oh, of course.
1: No. Oh,
2: No. no. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's going to be in the show notes. Uh listeners, please watch it if you haven't list, uh seen it yeah. already. It's
2: it's a drink. So I'll describe it. So Chris Hadfield um is a cool astronaut that has from my understanding been pretty active on like social media and whatnot. He's like um Scott Kelly, I think where Scott Kelly did like the the year in space and there's that whole controversy where it's like it wasn't technically a year. He didn't do 365 days, but whatever. Um <laughs> and um but they both at, like NASA has been making an effort, I think, to make astronauts more active on social media and the Internet to help gain awareness of space travel and and uh, research and everything like that. And that's fantastic. And what Chris Hadfield did is actually pretty cool. He I mean, he can't really sing, but um, he um, had his guitar flown up to the International Space Station and he created a little music video for Space Oddity where he's floating around in space, strumming his guitar and singing along to space oddity. And it's really cool. Cause he's in the cupola too, looking down on earth and some really, really cool like scenery and imagery. Um, so I would encourage anyone who hasn't seen it to see it, but I like to point out to Chris that I'm sorry, Ludo thought of it first, but you know, um, <laughs> so um, I don't know. I really like the song. Cause it's, it, I, it, it conveys that, that vision of like what Chris Hadfield did of, being an astronaut in space and you're in the cupola and you're just like jamming down to the earth below and it's, it's pretty much just a, a, it's a song about um the astronaut being like you know what this is actually pretty damn lonely up here i kind of want to go home uh one of the lyrics is i can't wait for gravity bring you close to me and no celestial body could compare to you and i don't know this is so this song i love too because this is where um Tim's Moog playing really shines. Because in the first album, um, Ludo self-titled, he was still learning how to play that instrument. I mean, he is uh, a guitar player and a singer. um, And Ludo was pretty much like, no, you're going to play keyboard, the Moog. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And so um, he was kind of learning it for the first album, but by their second, he... uh, I don't know if it was exactly their second, but for You're Awful I Love You, their next LP um he really kind of found his groove and i love it because the first like beginning of this is just the moog has all the bloops and bleeps of like space electronics and it it really conveys like the vastness and emptiness of space and i'm curious did you guys actually follow my little note here of listening to the full thing like the full eight minutes of it michael i swear to you i never realized in all the time i listened to ludo there was a bonus
0: track in in space. Oh, it's
2: not bonus track. It's like part of the same song. But yes, it's like a bonus. Little- well,
0: I, I, okay, a hidden, a hidden track. Yes. It's it's definitely a hidden or bonus track. Yes. But I never realized there's one there because like I got it burned from. Uh, a friend of mine i thought that was just a weird glitch in the burning like oh that's weird there's like five minutes of white space at the end of in space like oh maybe that's an artistic statement or maybe it was a problem with the burning i never really thought anything mm-hmm. of it and just stopped the song before it continued into the hidden track so oh, yeah. this is the first time i listened to that second Yay! like that hidden bonus track so I really appreciate that you put that note there, because I also still, to this day, would have stopped had you not told me to continue listening. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that, I, I thought it was great. I, I like In Space a lot. I did listen to it quite a bit, and I do like the bonus track, too. It's very nice. Yeah, it's... No problems
2: with it at all. It's just a blast. Like, I really do love it, because you have those couple minutes of just pure silence, where if you just kind of, like, sit with the song... It really works. Like it's like, oh, like the space shuttle's going by, but the camera's still where it is, and you're just staring out into space. Um, and I just really like that. Then the last little bit, I believe it sounds like Tim Farrell. I'm I, I'm pretty sure it's not Andrew. I think it's Farrell, and he does the acoustic little strumming along. And it, I just it's such a sweet vision to see or to imagine this astronaut storming along to his guitar just solo. And it's just, it's like a love song to, or like a message to like his wife or our lover down back at earth. And like through the cupola, like staring through the the cool observatory in the space station and looking down on earth. And I don't know, it's just, it's a great song. It, it, you got to listen to it with good headphones on to get the full Moog ex- uh, experience. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I don't know why this song in particular, but I just always really loved the close of that album. Cause it meant this song was coming up. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it's a great one. So it, it definitely deserved a spot on the, the playlist. Cause I, I recalled multiple times, like kind of just being like, you know, I just feel like listening a little bit of Ludo and I, this would be one of the songs that would just like, I would just type into like command space bar in space and let it go. So, um, yeah, so this one uh I thought was well well fitting to close out the the playlist because it it is a good closer. It has that silence leading into the little acoustic um gift at the end. So hmm. I'll
1: have to go back and listen to it.
0: All right. Well before we wrap up, um <laughs> I mentioned before that I was sort of diving into the music ghetto to find my road pavers. Um <laughs> there is a lot of ones that I call mistakes. Um, I, the only tagline I have here is the description is, oh God, why? Um, so that'll, I, I'm just going to go through these rapid style. Um, the ones that struck out to me, uh, were every time we touch Cascada.
2: Oh
1: my gosh. I remember you. Listening to that.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. I, I don't oh, know why. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing I've learned going through my old iTunes library, it's solidified that kids have bad taste. Oh, yeah. Kids have bad taste. <laughs> also, speaking of bad taste, Honky Tonk Badonkadonk by Trace Atkins. <laughs>
1: and ooh, uh,
0: shut my mouth, slap your grandma. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have
1: mercy, how
0: she even gets them bridges on. country it's trash it's it's a dumpster (laughs) fire it's trash it shouldn't exist um we have oh speaking of uh trash we got um you know what i did dabble into christian rock we have secret ambition michael w smith
2: I was wondering what that was. That's Christian rock. That's
0: of course it's Christian rock. He's talking about fucking Jesus. (laughs) Who else is he talking about?
1: I always feel tricked by Christian rock. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go to the station and then I'll be like, oh, this is a good song. I'll be like his saving grace. I'll be like, ah
0: change it! Damn it, got me again. <laughs> Jeez, it's like a got Rick me roll. again. You feel cheated. It's like being Rick Rolled, but it's Christian music. <laughs> uh, oh, and then finally we got Move Along by the All-American Rejects. And even when you're home- hate them they're awful they're, they're just absolutely squeaky clean teenagers that are faux rebellious but are totally white lab produced to be like acceptable to suburban moms everywhere it's like oh my kids listening to progressive rock but it this seems acceptable to me and and that's exactly what niche this is supposed to fit it's garbage so
2: i have a little comment on that so this is um tommy and the high pilots only human levels of feel good cheesiness this move along stuff um and i have a question is that l- seriously an audience choir towards the end like oh god Like,
1: <laughs> oh i know what oh. you're talking about i am not sure
2: yeah it's just i listen to it <laughs> i'm bad. like yeah it's teenage it, it was like that last like audience choir that did me in where i'm like oh god why <laughs> like
0: yeah, it's it's awful. It's just
2: Yeah, so those were my mistakes
0: um uh wearing them proud on my shoulder um and now they're going back into the the bowels of the old iTunes library where they belong <laughs> never to come back again. Um so that was my mistakes. Does anybody else have any mistakes or uh extra things they want to throw in that they missed?
1: Yeah, I have some. My my I have two actually. So the first one is Destiny's Child Survivor. I'm not survivor I'm not- I used to listen to this song and be like really into the lyric when she's like, you know, I'm not going to diss you on the internet because my mama taught me better than that. I'm a survivor. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be classy. I'm not going to say anything about people on the internet. <laughs> um, that and then just like all of the pop country, every single song. Uh, When we were talking about during the Lord here on podcast Nelly and Tim McGraws over and over again, um, that I I owned that song, like that I I purchased I paid money (laughs) to have that song in my library. Oh, I paid money for that. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) those are my oh God wise. Oh shit! All
2: right, so um, I have uh one um. So you guys remember American Idol? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So Paula Abdul went through I think a midlife crisis moment, and she like released a single uh produced by Randy Jackson I think. Um and it's uh, dance like no- there's no tomorrow by Paula Abdul and Randy Jackson. I hear my song, I'm a loose and is in my iTunes playlist. It's stupid dance garbage pop. It's awful, but what is actually quite fun is watching the music video and just watching Randy Randy Jackson like jam me on the bass. I'm like, "Yeah, Randy." <laughs> and then um yo dog. <laughs> yo dog, man. Like <laughs> but the song is literally money plus autotune plus fame. It can all really help. Um <laughs> and <laughs> Um. What I will say, though, it, it, for memory's sake, it was kind of cool because in the music video, at the very end, it like uh at the very end, it's it's a photo of, of the American uh, Idol cast. It's uh Seacrest, uh Cowell, Jackson, and Abdul all standing together. It's like that's cool. This must have been a team effort because she probably needed it. Um. <laughs> oh. That's mean. <laughs> it is, but I mean. <laughs>
1: Like... oh my gosh! I'm watching the music video right now, and Randy Jackson is just on the bass, just sliding yep. the bass right there. <laughs> oh my goodness! Amazing. It's like a, it's like a strange mix of Janet Jackson and J Lo, and it's so. But like with a hint of Sesame Street, because yeah. it's like it's so bad, oh, <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, it's yeah. So bad. That is, <laughs> it's so auto-tuned
2: to hell it's just i have no if i can tell it's auto-tuned i i know no thanks no respect for that
1: you want to know what this reminds me of it's like making up dances in my living room as a kid like these that's what this reminds me of <laughs> like i would have danced to this <laughs> oh and i just got to the like cover of a cd yeah type Mm -hmm. picture like a band picture of the american yeah (laughs) it's just it's a picture of the crew it's it's just it's a
2: little cringy just just a bit but yeah it's on my itunes uh uh, library and like you amy i paid money for that (laughs) Uh, oh god why
1: it's all right (laughs) oh god why there you go.
0: Uh, I think that's as good a place to end as we're going to get. Oh my God! Well, Amy, thank you for being with us today to walk through uh, our coming of age years.
1: Oh yes, no problem. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Take a trip down memory lane.
2: Hmm. Um. And Michael, thanks for being with us as well. Yeah, it was a fun time. It was. It was really fun, kind of diving through the the uh the 2000s era in my recently added um section of itunes so that was fun (laughs) just going all the way back
0: to the past all right and uh thank you listener for tuning in all songs mentioned and any other materials will be linked uh in the show notes and at badmusichurts.com we're looking forward to seeing you next time uh take care see you on the other side
2: All the hate for Coldplay. (laughs) I don't deserve this. I'm sorry, Mark, but, like, have you, like, picked, I don't know, one of their better songs? (laughs) Oh, don't you do this to me. (laughs)
0: This song means a lot to me. It's important.
2: I I know, it just doesn't do anything for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair
2: that's okay mark I, I, i'm the weirdo that listens to songs about a lake devouring two friends on a road trip so <laughs> yeah but that song's awesome oh, it's so much fun <laughs> it's so much fun i i had i had i kind of struggled i was like oh man i'm like do i go goofy ludo or do i go like a little bit more serious ludo i was struggling with that i didn't know where to go mm. but um you don't know where to start yeah <laughs> Ha <laughs> <sighs>